Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. So welcome to what's going to be a slightly unusual podcast today, a podcast of two halves. Yeah, we don't know what's going on yet, do we? We don't know what's going on yet. We're meeting um, on Thursday morning. Autumn has arrived all of a sudden. It's cold, it's wet, the leaves are raining. Um, and it's, it's fabulous football weather, but the National League are meeting at some point today, aren't they? Yeah, they're very, they're very, uh, not very good with releasing information about their movements, are they, in the National League? So they are mm-hmm. meeting today, but we have no idea what time that meeting is. Um, and even if they uh, have any kind of news to come out of that meeting, we've got no idea if they'll let that out today, tomorrow or Wednesday week. Absolutely. So this may be a slightly delayed podcast. It's certainly an unusual one because we're going to do it in two parts. We'll have a little chat about this and that uh, for now. But when the nitty gritty comes out from the National League a little bit later in the day, uh, we'll try and get ourselves together, even if it's via Zoom. Indeed. Uh, I think what we should do really is go, right, the second part of the podcast starts now. So this is the in the future section of the podcast. It's now Friday morning. We did wait uh, for the statement from the National League. And I think it's fair to say it hasn't taken us a great deal further. It hasn't quite been as decisive as we hoped, Rich, has it? No, we thought we might have a, some kind of solution to this, this problem, didn't we? But um, one way or the other. Um, but uh, no, we haven't really. And I should explain that we're talking via a Google Hangout, yeah. um, I, which is why we're a little bit distant from each other. I'm the one in the room, guys, the one in the future. <laughs> Just to complicate it even more. Absolutely. Let me read you the statement from the National League then, and then we can have a little chat about it. But in case anybody hasn't seen it, um, it says, following a meeting of its board of directors this afternoon, the following update is issued on behalf of the National League. In recognition of the financial uncertainty facing its members' clubs, the National League is actively engaged with government with the assistance of the Football Association to secure a critical financial support package and it is hoped this can be announced very soon. It is imperative the revenue shortfall caused by the pause to the safe return of spectators is responsibly addressed so each club can operate sustainably over the course of the forthcoming season. The National League has currently set the start date as October the 3rd, uh, and it it just goes on to give you a few notes uh, beyond that. So that is the statement. In essence, it doesn't really tell us a great deal but I think are we reading into that that the the season will begin next Saturday and it will begin behind closed doors I think that's what we're reading into it in as much as um, that may change still but at the moment they want to start by the sound of it on October the 3rd Saturday week um, which is eight days away um, yeah, and um, and they want to start. Well, they have to. St- if they do start, they have to start the season behind closed doors because that's what the government have told them. Um, there are a couple of caveats. Obviously, um, it's always going to be behind closed doors if it starts. Um, the national league need to address the shortfall in funds for. The clubs, the 49 clubs that make up the National League and National League South and National League North, 
um, because many of those clubs can't afford to play six months behind closed doors without any money coming in. So the National League and the FA are talking to the government, or sorry, yeah, the National League are talking to the FA and the government about some kind of package that could alleviate that problem, um, whether that be a grant, whether that be um, players' wages being paid by um, the new furlough scheme. There are other, other ways around it, but essentially... Most clubs need more money coming in, or need money coming in, not, not more money. They need money coming in during the six months that they are at the moment expected to play behind closed doors. So that's what they're yes, talking I, about. I Sorry, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's, that's the big question that springs to mind is how long are they going to be playing behind closed doors? And you can't see any reason at the moment why the government is going to change its stance. Um, it, you know, it's kind of set out earlier this week, it's set out a roadmap if you like, for the next six months. And I can't see, unless the, the unless COVID-19 is sent packing within the next six months, I can't see football crowds going back in at all until we're talking about, you know, well into the new year, aren't we? Yeah, uh, I agree with you. But there is a, there is a, a kind of grey area between football crowds, isn't there? Because underneath the National League North and South divisions, which is step two, uh, step three is the Southern League, and they are now playing in front of crowds. Yeah. Up to yeah, 600. The, the big thing is that the crowds are smaller there, but they're not that much smaller. No, uh, but the, 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 they, are they, are being, they are being limited to 600, I believe. I might be wrong on that, but I, thought, I, I think I've heard that it's limited to 600. Um, and then, you know, only clubs in the Southern League and big derbies in the Western League below that will... will, will We'll get anywhere near that, really. However, the reason that that there's kind of an oddity going on is most teams, if not all, National League teams are full-time professional teams with players who their sole earnings are from playing football. But the National League South and the National League North are probably closer to the teams below them than they are above them in the way that they're run in respect of most of them are part-time. Most players are on part-time wages. Um, A lot of them won't train full-time all week. Some players will have jobs. And yet they are still considered elite football clubs like the National League is. But the gap's too big. So... It, with this in mind, with this in mind, this week the National League North teams, um, up to eighty percent, I believe, voted not to start the season if there are no crowds. They don't want to start the season, and yet they are in the hands of the National League's decision. And of course, the National League really have to um, look at the National League's top division and pay attention to what they're saying about going out of business if they're not playing behind closed doors. It's a, it's a real mess. And the only way it's going to be alleviated is if Oliver Dowden uh, just comes up with some money. Indeed. There was a very interesting uh, piece on Radio 4 yesterday, and thanks to, uh, thanks to Julian for flagging it up for us. We're going to have to start paying him sooner or later. You realise that. He's the third member of the podcast team. We don't uh, get paid, Darryl guy. Eh? We don't get paid for this, do we? Not officially. Do you not want a handsome retainer? Oh, oh yeah, I've got it there. 
Daryl Eels, who is the boss at Solihull Moors, was yeah. on uh, Radio 4 yesterday, said some very interesting stuff. He's, a, a quote from him that he says the situation at the moment is cataclysmic Good for us if the season doesn't start. Uh, he was saying you know, it, it costs them around about £25,000 a game. Uh, fan, oh, sorry, they take around £25,000 a game in fans and hospitality at Solihull Moors. If they're streaming at £10 a go, 1,500 fans streaming will bring them in £15,000, which they're looking at as a potential revenue stream. He says it's incumbent on clubs to be innovative and not just take on victim status, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. But he reckons it will cost £25 million to ensure the survival of all the clubs in National League, National League South, National League North. And he went on to say, I think there's an inevitability that some clubs will go out of business uh, and he had something interesting to say here as well. A lot of local owners will question why they're putting in twenty to forty thousand pounds a month to support a club if there's no football. Yeah, and that's a really good question because you know, I mean, Clark Osborne uh, and Gaming International up until now, you can't fault the way in which they've supported the club uh, financially. The club, it, it, you couldn't really pick fault with it at all. But there has to be a time when even you know, even that uh, that bank balance runs out. You know, that's a lot of money that's going to be put into a club that isn't making any at the moment. And that's just Talk United. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There has to come a point when even a well-run, solvent, buoyant club like Talk United begins to um, to struggle. There, there, and some of these. There, more... There's been an interesting kind of juxtaposition of stories about the National League this week with. Um, the national the, the national league plight because of having to play behind closed doors, slightly making it onto national media, um, onto yeah, the radio. Yeah. You know, just just pushing, just just pushing in with a mention. But the fact that Ryan Goslin is apparently looking to buy Wrexham, well, that's had masses of national media attention. Um, yeah, that's a quirky story, I know, but that's. That, that just goes to show what how the national media pay attention to the National League. Oh, it's a quirky story about yeah. a Hollywood film star. Let's, let's go big on it. Oh, the hundreds of people might be out of, out of work because of this. Let's just mention it slightly. Yeah, and you're right there, as you say. I mean, we've said this again and again, but, you know, the Talk United players are not wealthy lads with second homes in the Bahamas or anything like that. These are young families with mortgages. Uh, and real worries about what the future holds. It, it's important this gets sorted out and sorted out quickly. Thousands of contracts. Thousands of contracts. Thousands of contracts that you know will be in limbo if they're not playing. Yeah. Absolutely. The other question: a lot of people have said, "Well, why can't the Premier League, awash with cash, just come in and, and bail out?" The I've got an answer for that. that. Go on. Because they're greedy. <laughs> there is that. I think there that's the major that. thing. I'm sorry, I, don't, I know there are other arguments, but I think the major thing is they're greedy and they don't want to. Because if they did want to, they could, and it would cost them very little of their percentage of earnings and, and bank balances. Well, is a, I mean, that is a good point. I, I, I think that's a bit of a short-term way of looking at things. It, it's, it's not the answer. But then again, you've got, in the back of your mind, how much are Spurs and Real Madrid between them paying for the services of, um, of Gareth Bale? Not that he isn't a wonderful footballer, 
But, you know, that kind of money that he's earning and presumably putting to good use in the community, I'm sure, but that kind of money could ensure the survival of a lot of community-based football clubs. Absolutely. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I know that, that a lot of footballers do put their, their hands in their pockets and help out charities. And, you know, uh, some of them don't talk about it, so we don't hear about it. And that's fair enough. But you just have to look at the wages in the Premier League and wonder if each player put his hand in his pocket for a week's wages and fed it down to the National League and below, the whole thing would be sorted out. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, but, but that is short term, isn't it? That well, it, well, it is short term, but at the moment we need a short term solution. Yeah. I suppose club, I, I don't know very much about, let's say, for example, Kings Lynn, but it strikes me that Kings Lynn should be having the season of their dreams this season. They're up in the National League. They're one step away from getting into the Football League. And a club of that size, they must be wondering whether they're actually going to make it through the season. Yeah, absolutely. Kings Lynn were playing in the uh, United Counties League Division 1 when I was working up that way uh, with the likes of St yeah. Ives and St Neots. And uh, um, they're, they're, they're not a small club in, in as much as you would say it's a community club, but they, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not Talk United, they're not Solihull Moors, they're not, you know, um, it's teams like that. Teams like that really need some help. Teams like Torquay need some help if this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Now I can't see, yeah. I cannot see the season not starting if I'm going to put money on it because the ramifications are just far too big. The, I think the, the, the right. Met... somebody suggested yesterday that maybe the teams would play each other once instead of playing home and away. That's not going to work. No. I just uh, I don't see any other option, as you say, rather than starting on October the 3rd behind closed doors. Gary Johnson was saying to you the other day, wasn't he, that he's very keen to get started, yeah. even if it is behind closed doors. Yeah. Um, I assume that there'll be some way of streaming these matches. People were talking about this on social media. Uh, last night, will BT Sport hand over the rights to some of these games? I think they have to. I think well, they have um, to. If it's the yeah. only way that some of these clubs can make some money. Yeah, and I think I think um, streaming is the way forward. Obviously, I keep on hearing that it's magical, you know, the magical saviour, but it's not. Um, Talkie no. have been charging four pounds for friendlies. If they charge ten pounds, yes, I think people would use it. Um, people understand the situation. Maybe they could do a, a, a kind of a, a season pass or something. But yeah. at the end of the day, um, they are not going to make the money that they make from a fans going into ground, b fans drinking in the ground, c fans eating in the ground, etc., uh, etc. Et um, what they yeah. might pick up, uh, and and which. Uh, this this whole debacle might actually end up bringing to fans for the future is that fans who don't usually get to home games because they live in London, they live in Birmingham, they live in the Bahamas or whatever, uh, Canada, um, they might be able to now watch live games. Yeah. Um, so you yeah. might pick up right. a, a good amount of, 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 of new paying customers that before would support from distance, but actually um, through no fault of their own, apart from buying a, a, a new shirt every season or whatever, weren't putting much money into the club. Yeah, I think you're probably right. So, so to sum up, we, we reckon football will start in eight days' time at Playmore. Talker United versus Stockport County. No fans, you know, just basically club officials in, and um, 
And yeah, looking at the fixtures, the fixtures come thick and fast after. Yeah, they, well, they have to, don't they? Because because we're, we're we're late starting, and and that's another thing yeah. that that um, I've got a little bee in my bonnet about this week is literally um, hasn't this backfired on the national league? Yeah, because oh. they thought they were oh. being clever. They thought, oh, let's wait until. After the October the first date, when the government has always said fans will probably, with a caveat, be allowed back into football stadiums after they've done all these test crowds, etc. So the, the the National League looked at that and thought, oh, we don't want to start behind closed doors. Let's let's move our kickoff forward of that date so that when we start, we'll have fans in the crowd. Now they are almost two months late to start the season. It was never going to start in August anyway, but um, everyone else started in early September. September the 1st was the first date of the FA Cup. I'll come on to the FA Cup in a minute, by the way, as well. Um, um, So the National League thought they were being clever and they've been... It didn't work out for them and I think they made a mistake there. They started the season when the Football League started the season Heart back to Gary Johnson saying constantly through lockdown we should be more associated with the Football League than we are with non-league. Yeah. Uh, in actual fact, it turns out we're, we're associated with neither. We're in the middle. Um, if they started then, right. yeah, yeah. If they started yeah. then, we'd be three or four games into the season, and we'd have to stay behind closed doors, and the decision really would have been made, already been made. Yeah. Um, FA Cup. Can I just can I just do that very quickly? Yes, of course. We kick off Torquay and the National League top division teams kick off on October the 3rd. The, um, the National League South and the National League North don't actually kick off their domestic campaigns until the Tuesday um, because the, the date October the 3rd is when they join the FA Cup. So their first games of the season are supposed to be FA Cup games. Now, if you cancel the season... The draw is yeah. one o'clock today. If you cancel the season, all those teams yes. that are supposed to be playing these these uh, 40-odd teams from the National League North and the National League South, what, what happens to those FA Cup games that are drawn at one o'clock today? And what happens to those? So I was speaking to someone this afternoon or this morning who said, well, I heard last week, and I don't know where he heard it, I heard last week that the, the, the National League teams will just be withdrawn from the FA Cup and all of those teams will go through to the, to the third qualifying round by default. But that's a bit weird because the third qualifying round is also only made up of those teams. The National League don't come in until the fourth qualifying round. It's a, such a mess. It is. We're, well, we're, we will continue on the Yellow Army podcast trying to uh, trying to pick the bones out of it. For yeah. You, but uh, <laughs> we don't know a great deal, do we? And I was hoping, as we say, that we would have known a bit more today. Uh, but we don't really. So do, do you know what? We just have to wait and see what happens. We, we have to wait and see what happens. Something will happen. It, it, Probably before we get this out, knowing our luck. Um, but at some point, very soon, uh, we, we will get a bit more information. I guess, I guess it's all pivotable. Pivot, it all pivots on the, 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 the National League being able to get a guarantee of some money from the, from the government uh, to keep clubs going while they're not got fans in, in, in the ground. Um, before we logged on to this uh, call, I, uh, I did have a listen to what we recorded yesterday. And uh, when we go back to yesterday, 
uh, where we talk about other things yeah. that, that, that we could talk about uh, without referencing this situation. I love the way you start it by saying... So now we do know what's going on. Well, our future selves know. Our future, <laughs> our future, this, is a, this is a bit like Bill and Ted, isn't it? <laughs> this, so our future selves know what's going on. We'll just talk about... We're still in pieces. the dark. We're still yeah. in the dark, but we have much to discuss. We, we have new kits. New kits. What do you think? Um, I haven't looked closely. Um, I did think, uh, a quick glance, that, that they look nice. Um, I saw that there are palm trees on them. Yeah. Can you explain that one? Well, I like them. I mean, with the, t- the club put out a little teaser the other day, which was just a little hint of the palm tree design. I thought, oh, I'm not going to like that. But it's very small. And what you've got basically is a, a similar shirt to last year, a yellow shirt with eighteen ninety nine on the front, and down the middle of the of the chest is a thin band made up of little palm trees. Okay. From a distance, it just looks like a a, a grey or black band, but look up close and it's palm trees. It works really well. On the dark blue shirt, which is still one of the away shirts, which is a great colour, by the way. Yeah. Uh, the palm trees are on there as well. And on the white shirt, uh, the palm trees are red down pink? the middle. Pink or, I think they're red, but the are appearance they? is pink when you right. kind of look at them with the white. And I think they work really well, particularly on the away shirts, I have okay. to say. I All love right. that blue shirt anyway. Um, but I, I think it's good. I put the story up on Devon Live yesterday, uh, once the kit was uh, was revealed. And the first thing I did was I put a poll with it, like yeah. you do. And the three questions were love it, loathe it, or couldn't care less as long as they win in it. Yeah. And well, I just looked just before I came over this morning at 62% love it. Right, that's good. 12% loathe it. Right. And 46%, oh, sorry, 26% uh, couldn't care less as long as they win in it. I think I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that people have taken to it so well. Although yeah. I gather our friends in the, uh, the Yorkshire Gulls, the jury's still out up there as to whether they like it or not. Can I throw something in? Go on. The last time we played with a palm tree on our kit? I didn't think we ever had, did we, yeah, really? we did, yeah. Did we? David Webb gave us a oh, new badge, badge with a palm tree on it, yeah. which lasted possibly a season <laughs> or two uh, when he introduced the, uh, the Chelsea look- look-alike kit. Of course. That was a palm tree badge. That doesn't bode well. well <laughs> times have changed. It's a long time ago. It's, 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 people have forgotten. Yeah, it's a, it's... I've got one somewhere. Have you? Would you, you believe? Yeah, in my box of Talkie United Delights, or one of my boxes of Talkie <laughs> United Delights, I do have the actual badge, which uh, and it's the the proper badge. It would yeah. have come off a kit or never got onto a kit. I don't know where I, I need got to that find from. that and yeah. get a photograph of that somewhere. But I like it. I think it's bold. I think it's a clever idea. It's quite subtle. It's not until you look closely at it you think, ah, oh, yeah, palm trees. And it's slightly retro. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm 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 happy with that. It's it's a good kit. Set me to thinking about my favourite Talkie United kits of the past, by oh, the way. On. Well, my favourite one always is the mid-70s, the white shirt with the blue-yellow-blue stripe down, yeah. the, um, down the left-hand yeah, side. Yeah, I can see, I can see uh, Steve Cooper in that. That's a great shirt. But everybody's got their own favourites. But I think this current one is going to be up there with a lot of people's favourites. I think through the 90s into the early 2000s, was, was late 80s, 90s, early 2000s, was when I bought every shirt yeah you've still as got they them come out well. i've still got them in a massive bag somewhere which uh um probably needs <laughs> emptying out and, yeah. and and some kind of 
washing happening or something. You just so, have to hope the moths are not. Yeah, there. yeah. There might just be a few tatters left in. There were some odd kits in that bag as well, like away kits that were kind of... Um, what, what, what would you call that colour, he says, pointing at a cushion in my so, room? Uh, that's a kind of a turquoise, isn't a it? A turquoise. It's an octopus So do you remember, got, like, yeah. turquoise stripes down? Yes, I do. Downward did. stripes? Yeah. I used yeah. to like that one. And it wasn't a solid colour, colour so it was like kind of yeah. like... Yeah, um, I wonder if we've got a photo of, uh, of someone playing in that one, but that, that was one of my favourite away kits. Some of the away kits have been really good. The, the white shirt that Torquay wore at Wembley in the playoff yes. final victory was a fantastic shirt. Yeah. I mean, that was a great classic design. I mean, obviously it's forever wrapped up in a brilliant day out at Wembley. Yeah, yeah. But that has to be one of my favourite kits. You like well. the white ones then, don't you? I do like the white <laughs> shirts, yeah. Yeah, I do. I'm, I think I might be a closet Leeds fan, but don't tell, <laughs> don't tell anybody. No. Obviously. Uh, kit launch. Uh, what we'll do, let's do the K question before oh, we okay. go any further and remind me that I need to give the answer before the end. Uh, it's down here on the floor by my feet, so I'm just going to trust you not to look. Uh, the player whose surname... I can't see from here begins... if I take my glasses off. <laughs> <laughs> player whose surname begins with K who's made the most appearances for Torquay United. Okay. And the player beginning with K who scored the most, most goals for Torquay United. Answers will come up at the end. I thought you were going to say answers on a postcard. Answers on a postcard. London W. Yeah, yeah, that's difficult actually. Okay. Yeah, it's it's another one of those that when you know it, it'll come back to you okay. instantly. Instantly you remember. A uh, few other things to wrap up. I mean, obviously we've talked, or our future selves will have talked at some <laughs> length about what's going on in the National League. Uh, another Twitter account uh, to point you in the direction of xgulls. Okay. At xgulls. On Twitter, it's somebody who's keeping tabs of what former Torquay United players are doing in football. Okay. Those who are playing for other clubs. Well, of and course, we know what what um, uh, Chris Zabrowski's doing. We do. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we'll come to the friendlies in a moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, the one ex-goal who hasn't done anything yet, of course, is Jamie Reid. Three games for Mansfield. He not, hasn't. He hasn't tightened his boots up yet. Not even got on. No. no. That's odd. That is odd. Um, he will, and he'll make a success of it, I'm sure. But, um, you know, we're all just anxious to see him getting a game up at Mansfield, having made the move during the course of the summer. But among the others, Jared Lewington, of course, opened the scoring for Tiverton last night. He did. He did. They're they, looking strong. They beat Biddeford 2-0 in uh, the FA Cup. Another ex-goal scored a hat-trick for them on his, uh, on his, on his full-time signing debut, because he was there on loan from Plymouth Argyle last year, Alex Fletcher. Uh, that was uh, in a 5-0 win over Wimborne. Was, wasn't yeah. Wasn't it, at the weekend? Yeah. I was going to go up last night, but um, I got caught up by the uh, the bit of a backlog in MOTs. And uh, my, my MOT ran out on Tuesday, and when I went to book it two weeks ago, I could only get one as close as this Friday. Oh, okay. So, so if anyone's got an MOT coming up out there, act now. Act, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Andre Wright uh, scored the only goal as uh, Bohemians of Dublin beat Sligo. Wow. It was a 1-0 okay. win. Kiefer Moore, of course, got both goals for Cardiff as they yep. beat Nottingham Forest 2-0. Yeah. Good goals they were too. Anthony O'Connor, red card for Bradford City against Ooh. Forest Green Rovers. Uh, Alex Fletcher, we've mentioned. Ashley Barnes scored twice, returning from injury as Burnley under-23s beat Sunderland under-23s. Of course, Ashley Barnes is an under-23 player, isn't he? Josh Labadee, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, they must, they must be allowed. I think they're allowed a couple. They yeah. must be allowed an elderly gentleman or two. <laughs> and then Josh Labadee scored as Newport, not Watford. Yeah, I saw that because I, I looked to see if, um, if, uh, uh, 
His name's gone out of my head. Um, Seiko Gianni. Seiko Gianni was playing. Did he get again? He was on the bench. He was on the bench. Uh, Joss Labadee scored. Um, that's the Caro, Carabao? Carabao? Caro. Caro something. The League Cup. Yeah. Formerly known as. Tyrone Marsh got the winner as Stevenage knocked Southampton under 21s out of the EFL Cup. Wow. Uh, and that's the ex-goals news for this week. Okay. Great Twitter feed to follow that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that looks good. I'll, I'll get on that. Get into that one. Um, and before we get to the front, it's just a quick mention of the work that's being done in these difficult times by the Torquay United Community Sports Trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, the walking footballers, obviously, we're getting back together again. We haven't got any fixtures coming up at any time soon because we haven't got back to competitive play, football. Yeah. You could take us on single hand. That's what I meant. Single yeah. hand. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but down at Paint and Academy, yeah. Paint and Academy last night was really busy. Girls teams playing, the walking football teams playing, everything being done. We're all having our temperatures taken. We're yeah. all checking in. Yeah, it's all being done the, the right rule, way. The rule of six doesn't affect that kind of thing. It doesn't. But everything's been doing, being done very professionally, very good humour. Um, full marks really to the uh, Community Sports Trust for getting football underway. If you. Uh, go down to Clennam Valley on a Thursday evening or have done when the evenings have been light uh, it's so busy down mm. there the women's team are training down there uh, there's such a lot going on in football apart from Torquay United senior team yes although they did play that friendly on Saturday they lost 2-0 to Chippenham yeah I did t- I did speak to Gary about that although uh, the recording wasn't very good because he was in and out of signal uh, yeah. hence no, no recording of Gary about that but um he was disappointed that they'd lost, of course, but I think, I think, uh, as I said to him, and you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not a football expert, <laughs> you know, he is, um, but uh, you know, what you learn more, don't you, mm. out of uh, a pre-season friendly defeat, yeah. or learn as much from a win, um, and it was good to see Asa Hall and Jake Andrews get uh, get some time on the pitch. They yeah. came on as subs. They haven't played in in any of the uh, pre-season games beforehand yet. So it was good to see them. Jake, uh, Jake Edward, Jake Edwards, Jake Andrews scored a... No, let me get my teeth in. Jake Andrews hit the crossbar with a free kick, apparently, which uh, which is, is good. I was, I was at... Um, where was I on Saturday? I was, I was at uh, Brixham, in other spares. I didn't, see, I didn't see the live streaming. I was away at the weekend, but I have seen the highlights. The highlights are on the club website. Yeah. Uh, it's a cracking free kick that Jake hits against the woodwork as well. Uh, both the goals that Chippenham got are fairly soft goals, to be honest. Right. Uh, I would imagine that, uh, again, that's given Gary plenty to talk about. Uh, they're not the kind of goals you'd want to be conceding in a league game. I imagine you know the defence was probably informed of the fact that you wouldn't want to be conceding goals like that in a league game yes. let's put it that way yes uh, but you learn don't you, you the, the pre-season friendlies are learning experiences Talky will have learned a little bit from that and of course they're straight back into action this Saturday they're away at Bath they're away they? at Bath and uh, I, I think we might again we're speculating because we don't even know if we're playing well our future selves know if we're playing but we don't <laughs> know if we're playing on October the 3rd yet at all Um but uh, with that in mind, I think the lineup will will possibly be yeah. the lineup that is the starting lineup for the first league game, if it's when it should be. Because it's it's been such a disrupted start to the season, hasn't it? But yeah, like you say, Gary must know now yes. the players that he wants to start, yeah. the players that he can put on his bench, and the players that he can you know he can afford to uh, 
to do without, at least for that first game. He said quite quickly, didn't he, afterwards on the, I think it was uh, the interview that the, the official website did with him after the Chippenham game, that, you know, a couple of the players have been crossed off after that performance. I, that sounds harsh, but you know what he means. He yeah. doesn't mean literally yeah. crossed off. No. He means his, his idea of the first team uh, for the first game was slightly changed after that game. Yeah. Interesting to think, we won't speculate, but interesting to think who he might mean by yeah. that. I wouldn't want to speculate without having seen the whole game. No. But, it's, you know, it's, friendlies are friendlies, but they're deadly serious, weren't they, of when it so. comes to team selection, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So last week we were really excited about the approach of football. Um, and who knows, well, this is, <laughs> this is a complicated podcast, isn't it? The Time Travelling Podcast. Yeah, so there's a first, isn't it? It's a first. So we're speaking now on Thursday morning. Earlier in this podcast, you will have heard us speaking on Thursday afternoon, or yeah. possibly even on Friday, yeah. when we know what the National League is doing. Yeah. Um, Good yeah. stuff. We are. I hope you're keeping up. It's like an episode of soap. We are me- yeah, <laughs> confused. You will be. We are messing with your heads this week, and we'll try not to do that again. But these are exceptional circumstances. They're strange times, strange days indeed. Um, so, for this part of the podcast, yes. I should probably just give you the answer to the K questions. Please do, because my head is blank. It's the, not the first time. The most. Well, it's a default setting for me to be honest. Mate. Uh, the most appearances. By a Torquay United player with a surname beginning with K is Tom Kelly. Oh, gosh, yes, of course. Across two spells with Torquay yes. between 1986 and Do you know what? He didn't even appear in my head, and I know Tom. Well, I yeah. know him up to nod at, so, yeah. 290 games played for Torquay. That many? Eight goals in that time. Uh, he's more than 100 games ahead of the next player in the list, who is Bill Kitchener. Okay, he did, he did. There's a Knappman in my head, but I don't know... If I've just made that up. Mm, didn't doesn't figure in the top three in either rating. Uh, Bill Kitchener, nine goals in 184 games between 1966 and 1971. And then Dave Herbie Kennedy, uh, 1973 to 1977. So he would have been aware of that classic white kit. Yeah, Herbie uh, Kennedy. Herbie Kennedy. Went on to play for Brixham United. Don't remember him. You do, obviously. Good player, good Brixham. lad. Brixham. 166 games, eight goals in those 166 games. Okay. And the top scorers, Joe Kafour. Oh, okay. I did think of him, but I, I thought there must be someone else who scored more. No, Joe got 33 goals he in 161 many, yeah. games between 2002 and 2006. He was, of course, a member of the great promotion team, Leroy. He was, team. he was. Stuck around a bit, a bit afterwards as well, didn't he? He did. In second place, Rory Keating. Crikey, really? How many did he score then? 16 goals in, a, in 119 games. The best one being the last one. I can't remember who it was against now, but one last season that he bent in from about 25 yards, which was an absolutely lovely finish. Of course, he hasn't started playing football either because he's at Gateshead. Yeah, strange. Uh, he was with us, for, with us for a while, 2016 to 2020. Well, you say that, but, but when he left, he'd be, he was the longest serving mm. player at the club. He was. Yeah. It was. Strange times. And Dan Kelly, 14 goals in 56 games between 1928 and 1930. Wow, that's vintage. That is vintage. Now, I was going to ask you as well, when we're talking about vintage, going back to the kit launch, is it the first time that we've had red in our kit since the red and white quarters of of 1899? Wow. I think it probably is. 
Have we had, I don't have we know. Had red in a kit? I cannot remember red in a kit. Some someone out there will remember yeah. red in a kit, I'm sure, but I can't remember red in a kit. I don't even remember an away kit with red in it. Goalkeeper's kit. But I still red. think it's pink. I think it's red, but okay, the, the optical right. I'm, I'm prepared to be wrong. The optical effect of looking at little dots of red on a white shirt makes it look makes pink. it look lighter. Yeah. Yeah, but mm. I, I, I haven't had my hands on one yet, so um, don't know. We'll, have a well look. it'll be interesting to have a look at it. You can buy them as well through the club. Club's got a new website, I believe, or the shop's got a new website. I read that somewhere. Yeah. So um, if you want to buy a, a copy of the new kit, I think I'll be getting one. I think it's you know I think we're going to need to put a few pounds into the club. Yeah. <laughs> During this period, uh, obviously they're they're going to be short. Whatever the outcome of yeah. yesterday's today's yesterday's whatever meeting. Somebody so. somebody did make that point on Twitter. It might have been Charlie Baker actually made the point on Twitter today that you know you're not going to be able to go and see the club you're not going to be able to put any money over the turnstiles to begin with probably uh but you can help me you know, buy a pair of socks or yeah. a pair of shorts or a shirt yeah. or something yeah uh, just to put some money over the uh, over the counter for the club the shirts look good i wore my black one the other day i Did got you? one of the black ones for my birthday with the all black yeah. stuff on it very nice too, but I'm tempted by the blue one, I have to okay. say. Okay, all right. I'm glad they've dispensed with the pale blue. I should see you in it like next that. week. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> so, on that rather confusing bombshell... It's confusing, nice, but I think it's, yeah. I think it's, I think it's understandable. It is. Um, once we've pieced it all together on my computer yeah. over there, yeah. uh, I think it'll work. We, yeah. I hope it works. You can do the editing this yes. week. Yes, yes. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, we'll see you soon at a yeah. football match yeah. somewhere wearing our replica shirts. And in the meantime, come, come on, on, you yellows. yellows.